Hashem Salpi are learning Saita Daf Chav Beis. We left off on Daf Chav Beis Amid Aleph, second line from the top of the Amid. The Mishnah spoke about a series of people that are Mevalei Oilam, that are ruiners of the world. Amongst them, there was the Rasha Arum, a cunning evildoer. And the Gemara and Daf Chav Aleph Amid Beis at the end gave seven different explanations as to who is the Rasha Arum. And the final one that was given by Ula was a person, Shekara Vishana, And really, we have three interpretations as to what this means. Firstly, just to speak out what Rashi says that Kara Vishana, Kipshutai, a person who learns Chumash and a person who learns Mishnah, but the person doesn't learn Gemara, and Gemara gives the reasons behind the Mishnahis, gives the reasons behind the Halacha. A person who doesn't understand the Hilchas B'tayma can never compare properly one case to the other and will err, will make a mistake when that person paskins dinim. We also spoke out yesterday the concept of a person who learned Chumash and Mishnah and Gemara and Shulchan Aruch, but did not serve in a Beisden, did not see how the earlier generation applied practically all of the halachas that was learned. Such a person also will make a mistake in his halachic rulings. And also to speak out, there's a third explanation of Shekara Vishana is not referring to specifically or only to exclusively to Limudatayra, but it also refers to a person understanding how to serve Hashem. And Kara Vishana Valishimish means a person who doesn't have a Rebbe. A person who doesn't have a Rebbe can learn and can read inside the books of how to approach life and how to apply Yiddishkeit. But again, without having a living example, the person will not properly know how to serve Hashem. So continuing on this theme, says the Gemara Itmer, If you have this person, Rabbi Elazar Oimer Harei Am Such a person, this is not contradicting what we learned before. Aside of the fact that the person is called a Rasha Arum, a cunning evildoer, he's also in the category of a Am Rashi. Rashi speaks about the, the Talmudic Am In other words, a person whose financial behavior and a person whose supra-rational mitzvah's behavior is suspect. The Am is a person who is not trusted to have, to have separated Maisris, perhaps not appreciating the severity of the mitzvah, and at the end of the day, there's a financial loss, there's a financial challenge when a person has to give away maestras. Likewise, when it comes to the dinim of Tuma and Tara, Tuma and Tara are supra-rational mitzvahs. Here, this person is suspect. So a person who's caught of a shan of Alei Shemesh, let's learn this Gemara the way we explained it in the third way, a person who doesn't have a Rebbe, such a person is, is suspect. That it's not only that if a person is caught of a shan of Shemesh, is he Aretz, but even worse than that, says Rashi Bur, In other words, it's a slippery slope. First, the person only be, it turns out to become an Amaretz. The person becomes a little bit lenient when it comes to financial mitzvahs, when it comes to mitzvahs that are super rational. But ultimately, the person becomes emptied. And uh, as it says in the Pasuk by Yosef HaTzadik, that uh, they threw him into the boir, and there was no water in the pit. That ultimately, the emptiness in the person 
allows other negative things to enter, or to use the words of the Maharsha, that a Ama'aretz is someone who doesn't have the Mailas Sichliyos, and a Bur is a person that doesn't have not Chachma nor Midos. It gets worse. From that level, the person goes down to a lower level called the Kuti. Who was the Kuti? So the Kuti, during the time that this statement was made, they were people that clearly denied the entire Taita Shabalpeh. In other words, they might have learned Mishnayis, but that was only for people to think that they are going to follow the dinim of Taita Shabalpeh. But they only accepted at that period the Taita Shabachsav, and they completely denied the whole Taita Shabalpeh. And Abacha Barabi Yaakov it's worse than that. Today's a Mogosh. Mogosh means a black magicianer. We had this expression regarding that Pari Amgushi Haya. Pari made believe that he practiced uh, Kishuv. It was a certain type of a Persian group that they practiced Kishuv and they were also practicing astrology. And just like a Mogosh is someone, as the Gemara is going to explain, you know, it's someone who utters certain incantations, but that person has no idea what those words mean. Likewise, a person who was not Meshamash, he can be reading the Chumash and reading the Mishnah, but he has no understand what they mean. In other words, they have no idea how to apply it. Because there is an expression that in Shei, people express themselves that Rotin Magosha, that a sorcerer utter, utters incantations, but they have no idea what the meaning of those incantations mean. Likewise, the person who's caught of a shan of Elishimish is Tanatana. He might be learning Mishnayis, but he has no idea. He doesn't really understand how to apply all of the dinim that the person is learning. Continues the Gemara. Tan Rabbanim we learned in Abraisa, Eizehu Ama'aretz. What's the definition of a Ama'aretz? Kol she'enoi koire, krishma, shachris, v'yavris, v'birchai se'ah, divrei rav meir. If a person does not read the birchas, the shema with its brachas in the morning and at night, and as Rashi says, a person who doesn't know how to read it, in other words, this Ravim Meir is translating the words Am Ha'aretz in its most literal sense. The person is an ignoramus. The person doesn't know how to read the most basic Jewish prayers. By the way, Toysavis points out, as in the second Toysavis in the Amid, from a Sechtas Gitin, from a Sechtas Brachis, that Ravim Meir himself gives other definitions to the word Am Ha'aretz. And therefore, he points out that there are many levels in Am Ha'aretz. And depending in which context, there, the word Amo'aretz means something different. Here, the Amo'aretz is a person, according to Rabbi Meir, that is completely not knowledgeable even in knowing how to read. The Chachamim, but the Chachamim say it's not about the person being intellectually ignorant, the person doesn't know Ivra, it's about the person's behavior. The Chachamim, the person is reading Shema. And while the person is reading Shema, the person is not keeping the mitzvahs that are written in the Shema. The person doesn't read it with tefillin. Or, Benazli Oymer, the same logic, Kol She'ein Leitzitzitz He's reading the Shema, but he doesn't practice what he's reading, what he's learning. Rabbi Yenison ben Yesav Oymer, likewise, Kol She'esh Leibanim, Ve'enem Egadlan Lilmoi Teirahom. It says in the Shema, V'shinamtum Levonechom. In the Parsha, Shiniyat says, V'limadetem Oysom. As Benechem, but he doesn't keep those mitzvahs. 
Rachid Amalisha ben Avoya says, Afilu koyre v'shayna. Going back to what we learned before, that even if a person learns Chumash and Mishnah, let's go back, but the person doesn't have a Rebbe, that can lead for a person to read the Shema and right away not practice because the person is lacking the connecting to the Tzaddik, which will allow him to be inspired to do the most important, which is the practicing of everything that we're learning. If a person only knows Chumash, but doesn't even know Mishnayis, doesn't learn Torah Shabal Peh, that's already a worse, that's a bur. If a person not learns Chumash, nor learns Mishnayis, Olav, Akasav Oymer, on him the Pasuk says, Vesarati is Beis Yisrael, Vesbeis Yehuda, that I planted amongst the Jewish people, both the seed of man, Zerah Adam, and the Zerah Behemoth, and the seed of animal. And as we learn in Hasidus, that Zerah Adam refers to the Neshama as our neshamas are in its source in Atzilus. And the moment the neshamas lower themselves to the worlds of Bi'ah, they are considered Zerah Behema. And most people living here have neshamas. Of course, all of, the, all of our neshamas are sourced in Chachma Da'atzilus. Banam Atem Lashem But they were mislabished themselves. They were enclosed in the lower worlds. So we are called the neshamas of Zerah Behema. But through the Shemesh Talmud HaChachamim, through being connected to a tzaddik, and the tzaddik's neshama is Zerah Adam, then our neshama is empowered to have its essence revealed here in this world. Vaiter continues the Gemara quoting a Pasuk that Shleimah HaMelech told his son Rechavam, who became the king after Shleimah HaMelech. And Shleimah tells his son, Yira es Hashem b'niva melech, my son and king fear Hashem. And ve'im shainim, and with the shainim, altis arev don't mingle. So who are the shainim with whom he should not mingle? Amar Abitzchak elu shainim halachis. Shainim means those who learn don't mingles with the ones who learn halachis. What does it mean with the one with the ones who learn halachis? Mingle with the ones who learn Torah. Going back to people who only learn, but they never had the shimush talmid hachamim. Even though they think they know, they don't know. So don't mingle with them. Says the Gemara Pshita, of course, that is what he meant. Now, the Tema, you could have interpreted that the word Shainim doesn't mean learners, but it means repeaters. That Shainim Bechet, don't mingle with people that, re- that repetitively sin. When a person does a sin once and he repeats it, it becomes permissible for him. Maybe he was just simply telling his son, don't mingle with people that are bad company, that are not yet keeping the mitzvahs. Or in worse than they're not only not keeping the mitzvahs, that they think that they're doing, that they're living the right lifestyle. Kumash Malan, that is not what Shleim HaMelech told his son. Adarabba, our mission is to inspire all the Yidin around us to keep the mitzvahs. We're not afraid that they will influence us because we will influence them. The people with whom we should not mingle are people who think that they're doing everything right. And they learn, and they learn Chumash, and they learn Mishnayis. But the moment they lack some Shemesh, Talmud HaChachamim, unknowing to them, they will not be behaving properly. Says the Gemara Tana, we learned in Abraisa. And look at these words. Hatanoim, the Tanoim are mevali oilam, they are the ruiners of the world. Once in our Mishnah, we counted all of those categories, the Chasad Shaita, the Rasha Arum, etc., etc., those 
are ruiners of the world. Here, the Braisa is saying that the Tanoim are Mevali Oilam. Asks the Gemara, Mevali Oilam Salka Daitach, God forbid, the Tanoim. Amar again referring to those, it refers to those, Shemayim Halacha Mitoich Mishnasan, that they do not have Shemush. Like Rashi, like the first explanation, that they learn Mishnah without Gemara, that they learn Shulchan Aruch, but they never sat in a Beisdin, or that a Yid without a Rebbe. These are the people that are ruiners of the world. Tayin Amihachi, Amar Rabbi Yeshua. How can the Braises say that Tanoim are Mavali Oilam? They are learning. Learning is what makes the world settled. Learning is what brings peace into the world. As it says, The ways of the world are His. And we have the Limud, In other words, that the ways of the world are established by those who learn Halachis. So how can you say they are Mavali Oilam? Continue the Mishnah. Another category of people that are mevali oilam, a isha perusha. The word perusha in the feminine or parush in the masculine means a aesthetic or ascetic. A person who behaves, who appears that they are extremely abstaining themselves from this world, or a person with any type of extreme discipline. Now, if that person is sincere, good for them. But we're speaking about those who are insincere. So on the outside, they appear to be doing things that are extremely awesome. But if their insides are not like their outsides, so then they are destroyers of the world. In other words, there is a concept of doing something but that doesn't go on extreme behaviors. On extreme behaviors, you have to be on that level. If not, that unhealthy balance of appearing to be what you're not is actually a destructive type of behavior. So the, the Gemara is going to bring braises with examples. What is the Isha Purusha? A Psula Tzalionis. So Rashi has the words, if you go a few lines down, like 10 lines down from this Gemara, Tzalionis. A young maiden who is constantly davening. Toysvis has a different girse in the Gemara. And the Toysvis is to the left, a little bit above the line in the Gemara. Psulta tsaimanis, A young maiden who is constantly fasting. So he's fasting for religious reasons. She is this Isha, isha Purusha. In other words, if she's insincere, then this constant davening or constant fasting is something of destructive nature or a almana shaivavis, a widow that is constantly going around visiting her neighbors, being overly nice and overly neighborly. And the cotton shalai kalolai chadosha of a minor whose months are not complete. They are from those who ruin the world. And we'll see soon in the Gemara. More about it. Let's read Rashi. I would say it's around 10 lines from the, going up from the narrow lines in Rashi. How are they ruiners of the world? That when those are insincere, you know, if a person is insincere, why are they trying to appear as so holy? If they're on that level, because they are. But if they are not on that level, the reason why people try to appear very, very uh, 
holy, that's because inside they're very, very rotten. Because that they are promiscuous and they're into magic and other narashkaitin of the time. However, umaris atzman kitsit but the reason why they want to appear to be holy people, so no one should scrutinize to see who they really are. It's a cover up. Asks the Gemara, how can you say that a, that a psula tzaylanis? And an alman of shivavis, armavali oilam, v'ha'amarabiyichanon, lomadnu yiraschet mipsula. I learned how to fear sin from a young maiden, and v'kibul schar, and I learned how to overly exert oneself in doing a mitzvah more than that's needed. L'fnimishur asadin. I learned it from a almana. I'm saying because from the schad of a mitzvah, you get to know the essence of the mitzvah. So when a mitzvah could be done on a simple level, and there was an almana that exerted herself to do it on a greater level, in order, she, since there is schar for doing it on a greater letter, she, on a level, she understood that the lifnim sadin of the mitzvah has value. And she did it for that value. And the, he tells you the story. Rabbi Yechanan heard as a young woman that fell on her face in davening, and she said, And and you created Rishayim. And she davened that people should not stumble with her. In other words, most people are concerned only about themselves. People are concerned that they should not stumble. She was such a great perusha that her concern was that other people also should not sin with her. And for that taka, you have to daven. Because to one's own behavior, you got to do it. But when it comes to something that's out of your control, for that you daven. And kibbutz charm almanam. What it was the story? There was a certain widow that had a shul in her neighborhood. However, nevertheless, every day, she davened far away from her home. She davened together with Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan tells this widow, my daughter, Don't you have a Beisaknesis in your neighborhood? So she responded, Rabbi, don't I have the mitzvah of walking? In other words, there's a mitzvah of walking. In other words, she was telling Rabbi Yechanan that the effort that one puts into the same mitzvah also counts for something. Because the mitzvah is the same, going to a shul, being in a holy place, davening, etc. Learning. What difference will it make how you get there? So she was the one that said that the effort that one needs to get to shul is also part of the mitzvah. So here he boasted, he learned something from the psula. He learned something from the almana. So answers the Gemara, Ki Ka'amar, what is our Mishnah referring to? What was the Braisa referring to? It was referring to people that are insincere. And again, if they are insincere, why are they making believe that they are that holy? They're covering something. We spoke this out when we learned the Mishnah and Davchav. Let's read inside the first wide line in the Rashi, in the bottom of the Gemara, in the middle of the line, the end of the line. Who was Yechani? This is the name of a woman, the daughter of Retivi, that Almana Machshefa Haisam. There was a woman that practiced the dark arts. When it came time for a woman to give birth, she had a certain type of Kishuf. 
for which she had instruments, as we'll see later. She had some sort of jar, and she had something like a voodoo mistama that represented the fetus, and she put it in the jar, and she closed the jar. And that somehow made the baby stuck. And the, one, the woman who was given birth was undergoing tremendous pain. So she caused that pain. When the woman needing to give birth was in tremendous pain, she said, Let me go and daven for her. Maybe God will listen to my prayers. And she would go ahead and open up her jar. And the baby was born. And people thought, wow, Yechani has a, has a power in tefillah. Or she caused the problem. Many people do that. And then they come and they're, they're, they're the big uh, solvers. They're the peacemakers. Wow, Sholomacher. They were the ones that caused the fight. And Pamachas, it happened that she had a worker in her home. And she went to Kavayachal help the woman given birth. And the woman, the worker, right, the housemate, she heard some noise. What was actually happening is, is that the connection that she created between this doll and that fetus was that that, that that doll was jumping around in the jar. Just like the baby was moving around trying to get out. And this maidservant opened up that jar. And that magic went out. Or she broke the spell. So that was an example of a woman. So it's not only that we're not allowed to practice these arts, is that she used it to put herself in a position where it should appear that she's the one helping when she was the one making the problem. Back in the Gemara. What's the meaning of the Brice, the third category of Mavali Oilam, a minor whose months are not complete? So says the Gemara, Hacha, here meaning here in Bavel, Targimu, they interpreted it, That's a Talmud Chachem who's rebelling against his teachers. And as it says in the same Pasik, that you should give honor to an elder. In other words, people who did not give honor to elders, that is because they have a lack of fear of God, and ultimately that results in them dying before their time, says Rashi. So katan shalei means that if a person who's a minor, in other words, there are greater elders in the city like him, but instead of him respecting them and building on top of them, he goes and fights them, that person will have a shorter life. It also refers to a student who's not yet knowledgeable enough, who doesn't yet have enough shimush to paskin dinim. And there are other people available. And he starts paskining. What's the meaning of the Pasuk For many victims she felt. And and mighty are all she has slain. So he teaches, who are the many victims that she felled? Who is going to fell many victims? A Talmud Chachem who's not yet, doesn't have enough shimush, and he starts to paskandinim. People see, oh, that's a learned person. So they're going to follow his rulings, but he's giving wrong rulings. So people are going to be doing the wrong thing. So he's having many victims. He's creating many victims. And va'atsumim kol 
Not mighty are all she has slain, but the words Va'atzumim Rashi says in the end of the Omid, it means Lashem Oitzim Einov, those who close their eyes, meaning Kol Tamad Chachem If someone is able to paskan dinim, the but he doesn't. He's also, so to say, slaying many victims. Many people should have known what to do, but being that he was wrongfully modest, that's also something of negative, obviously, turning to Amid. And the Atkamo, so now that we learned there's a concept that a person should not paskin before, before their time, aside of having Shemush, and obviously aside of the Kara Vishana, here the Gemara says that there is an age that you have to add Arboin Shinin until 40 years. So the literal meaning is you have to be at least 40 years old to start paskening dinim. Says the first Taisus in the Amid, not 40 years old. Peirush, Mishana Shehiz Chalilmaid, that you have to have 40 years of learning to finally grasp and to be able to properly paskin dinim. And he brings down the, the, what the Gemara brings in the Sachsa something that the Rebbe repeated a lot, that Lenosan Hashem Lachem Leiv Lodas, Vaid Vaznaim Lashmoya, etc., Adayemazeh. These are words that Moshe Rabbeinu told the Jewish people before his passing. That until, no, it's Hashem only gave you the understanding now, now meaning 40 years after Matan Torah. So here we have this concept that Loikoyim Inish Adata de Rabbei Adar Shinin. takes a person 40 years to fully grasp that which his Rebbe was trying to give over to him. Obviously, we, we could understand it right away. But we don't fully appreciate it. Asks the Gemara, how can you tell me that this concept, first of all, we understand that there's an ingin, that a Talmud Chacham, Shilohi Gia, Lohiro, Moira, that's a terrible thing. And including in Shilohi Gia, Lohiro, it's not just knowledge, wisdom, it's also time. Or the Messiah Sasha says, Rava, Oirei. And we learned this not that long ago in Rosh Hashanah, let's make a chazaram, that Eli was cursed, that all his descendants will die young. And the Gemara there says, just like here we have Rabba or Rava, in Rosh Hashanah there also, the Gemara writes Rabba, the Messiah Hashanah writes Rava, that Rabba and Abaya, or Rabba and Abaya, they were descendants from Eli, Hakayin. However, they did not pass away as young as the rest of the family members. The Gemara says over there that Rabba, the Asik Batayra, Chayar Boimshinin. You know, the schus of Torah, like we learned yesterday, protected him from that curse. Abaya, the Asak b'Torah, u b'gemilas chasadim, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, chaya shitin shana, he lived for 60 years. But if Rabba, or Rava, passed away when they were 40, he was paskening not only the last day that he was alive, and especially Lefi Toisvis, 40 years, not of age. So we go to Cheder when we're four, when we're five. Right, the Gemara says in Ksubis, different age, Stay at home until I forgot, until six or seven, and then Maseyo Ketura, the Lashon HaGemara. Then load him like you load an ox and make him learn. And Rabba was not that age. According to Teisviz, in other words, Rabba passed away when he was 40. So if you learn Pshat, you have to be 40 years old. You can say maybe Rabba only paskin the last year of his life. But Teisviz says 40 years doesn't mean of age, it means 40 years of learning. In other words, so let's say he started to learn when he was two. Zolzain, right? Or three, or the, the, the minute today of going to school, going to Cheder. Answers the Gemara, Bishavin. Bishavin literally means that when there are other people that are equally qualified as you, and you're not Arboin Shnin, that is when you shouldn't paskin. But if the person knows more than everyone else, even if they're younger, 
then they are allowed to paskin. If we're going to learn the pshat the way we started out today, share the concept of not having a Rebbe. So in other words, you have to be a God-fearing person, which is normally inspired by being connected to a Rebbe, to be able to paskin, to intuit the Dvar Havai Zuhalacha, that comes only through Bittel. So Shavan would mean, the Baal Shem Tev Taich, that Shevisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit means... Not only the literal meaning that you should always place Hashem in front of you, that a person has to be so nullified, so humbled, so bottled in front of Hashem, that no matter what happens, it's all the same. When something good happens, you're grateful. When something appear, apparently not good happens, you're equally grateful. That's a very high level. So if a person reaches the level of Shavin, then they can start paskening dinim. And that was the Madrega of Rabba or Rava, or both. The wounds of an ascetic, again, a person who is insincerely behaving extremely pious. What does that mean? The wounds of an ascetic is the Mishnah Davchaf is These are people that are ruiners of the world. Look at this. This is Mamash Moiradik. Shiva Perushenheim. The word parush is used even until today. A person who's very separated from Eilam Haza, right? a person who is extremely self-disciplined. So when that person is on that level, then it's awesome. If the person is faking it, why are they faking such an extreme? That's a sign of something very unhealthy inside. So the Gemara says there are seven types of parushim. And look at this, and let's read the words. There is a parush shichmi. A parush that's called a Shechem. That's the city Shechem parush. We'll see soon what that means. There is a parush Nakafi. There is a knocking parush. There is a parush Kizoi. There is a bloodletting parush. This is Mamish Gavalik. Parush Meduchia. There is a pestle. The pestle is there is a club, right, that is used to, to grind in a mortar. So there is a Pestle parush. There is a parush that's called a parush. Tell me what my obligation is and I'll do it. There is a parush out of self-love, as we'll see in Rashi. Not love of God. That's awesome. Out of self-love. And there is a parush out of self, yira, self here. Now the Gemara is going to... None of these are positive. Again, they're not positive when it's insincere. So now says the Gemara, Parush Shichmi, what's the meaning of Parush from Shechem? Zeha Oisa Maisa Shechem. So that's a great example. So Shechem ben Chamoir, he kidnapped Dina, he violated Dina, and he went ahead and he made a bris. So a bris for a, for a Goyim, there was no obligation for them to make the bris. No, he's doing something beyond. And who is he? He's a man who's violating a woman. That's an example. He's behaving completely amazing, a complete parush, very self-disciplined, and it's insincere. And the more he appears to be self-disciplined, the more inside something is rotten. Parush, not coffee. What is that knocking parush? Zahaman kif esraglov. A person in Yiddish is schlepping his feet. People who appear to be so humbled that when they walk, they don't walk properly. They have their feet is dragging on the ground. Parush kizai. Someone was getting someone else very nervous over here. Parush kizai. They were having, they had images in mind that they were thinking about. What's that? A, a, a bloodletting 
Parush, Amar Avnachman by Yitzchak, Zaham Makis Damlikasolim, a person who's walking. And they walk in the street with their eyes closed, as if I don't want to see anything not kosher, to the extreme that they constantly bang into walls. And they bruise themselves, and it's bleeding from them, but they're not going to open their eyes. So what's wrong with this? If the person is on that level, God bless him. If a person is not on that madrega, if the person, then Mistama, this person is looking at more wrong things than anyone else. So he's making believe as if he's so nizzard with his night. Like not, not to the extreme. That's the whole point. You know, it's Mateich We just said that Mateich Shalaylishma is on the basics. But to undertake things that are beyond the letter of the law, Shalaylishma, Mateich, don't do that. Well, halavai, we should keep the basics. We're so far away from this. Okay, vaitet. Parush meduchia. What's this pestle? Parush. Pestle is a is a curved utensil. So the mashpa, a person who walks bent over, kimeduchia. No, it's the same logic. He doesn't want to see anything what's happening around him. So he walks with his eyes into the ground, and because of that, also he's injuring himself. He appears to be completely fearful of absorbing any non-kosher items in his surrounding to an extreme. And as it says in Shulchan Aruch in the beginning, a person is not allowed to walk with his nose in the ear. But on the other hand, you can't walk with your eyes into the ground. Don't appear very arrogant and don't make believe you're very humble. Parush, my chavasi v'esena, a person who's constantly saying, tell me what my obligation is and I will do it. Says the Gemara, how is that a parush? That's the basics. We have to keep our obligations. Hamal Yusahi answers the Gemara El Omar, a person who's saying, su Tell me what more I need to do. In other words, I did it all. I'm perfect. Tell me if there's anything else that I still need to do. And Parushmi Ava Parushmi Yira, and a person Rashi says who doesn't, who does what's right out of self-love. Doing mitzvahs because I'm going to get reward. It's good for me. Shabbos is nice for me. Religion is something that's going to enhance my life. Or a person who's afraid of the punishment. Now here's where you say, Danny. Here, by the times of the Tanoim, that was already considered something unhealthy. But here we're speaking about keeping the mitzvahs. Taka out of self-love or out of fear of punishment. That's Shaloi Lashma. But that's something that now is not considered something negative. So Amrulay Abai Virava Latana. Abai and Rava told the Tana, don't forget, they did not live in the times of the Tanoim. But in the times of the Amaroim, there were certain people with extraordinary memories. They not everyone knew all the Mishnais. That was the given. But there were so many Brises and Tiseptas and Midrashim. And certain people not only had access to them, but they knew them word by word. So they were called the people who learned Tanoim. So today, you would have a computer, Google, you would find everything out. Then you had in every Beis Medrash, you had this memory person, the living encyclopedia. They called them Tanoim. So whenever they wanted to hear a Braisa, they used to ask him to repeat it. So such a Tana said this. So Abayin Rava told this Tana, like, Tisni, when you learn this Braisa, omit, erase the last two levels of a Parush. Don't learn Parush Mi'ava, Parush Mi'ira. Because for us, already in the times of the Amirayim, it's not the end of the world, it's a good thing. You should learn Torah. Be Mas'asik in Torah. 
be occupied in Torah. And you should keep the mitzvahs, even if you're not doing it for the right reasons, even if you're doing it only out of self-love, even if you're doing it only not to get punished. Literally meaning that eventually the good behavior insincerely will lead you to having the good behavior for the right reasons. Or as Hasidus interprets, that that the insides of the Shaloy Lishma, while you think you're doing it Shaloy Lishma, inside we have a Neshama. And our Neshama wants to be connected to Hashem. So there is a part of us, in us, even while we're doing it Shaloy Lishma, that is doing it Lishma. So Parash Me'ava, Parash Me'ira, that's something that is acceptable, and therefore it should not be any more learned in the Braisom. Continues the Gemara. And as we were explaining, that, that the, the, the Makas Purushan and the Isha Purusha, and how would you know whether the person is sincere or not? Could be, like, like, like the Gemara says from Rabbi Echanan, an Isha Purusha, a Psula's davening, maybe she's on that level. How would you know? We would never know. We don't know what's in another person's heart. That's the Hanistaris Lashem Elikeinu. So the Gemara concludes that Omar Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, the Mitamra, that which is hidden, which refers to people's intentions, to people's thoughts. And we should not think we're chachamim, we don't know what other people think. That's takamitamina, that's hidden from us. We do not know. Udemegalia, that which is revealed, only one's actions, is megalia, is revealed. So we don't know anything more than what the person is doing. And we got to go by that. But we should remember that Beidina Rabbah, that the great Beisdin, that means Hashem, is Lispera, will take payment, will hold account, Mahani the Chafu Gundi, from those who cover themselves with very pious clothing. Pious clothing will mean with cloaks that have tzitzis on it. That was a certain type of cloak that were worn only by the very uh, holy people. You know, by, by those people who walk around with the kapata the whole day, let's say it in our days. On other people teach that gundi doesn't mean a cloak with tzitzis, but gundi means black garments. That the Hasidim always walked around with dark clothing. So if a person is on that level, good for them. But if they're not on that level, and I'll go further, and they're wearing the black coat, you're not hurting anyone. But people that are behaving as if they're very pious, but really they're, they're doing things that are terrible, right? Like the Parosh Shechmi, the Parosh from Shechem, Shechem ben Hamoir, and they're only wearing something holy that no one should scrutinize them, they're going to be held to account. And as we learn later, Gavaldik, that the king told his wife, says Rashi, right, look inside the left, down like four or five lines, Rashi, let's read it together. He told his wife, don't be afraid of the Perushim. The Perushim, the real Perushim, the sincere Perushim, that lived in the days of Yanai, they hated Yanai. Why? They had a good reason. Yanai, Hamelech, we'll learn in Kedushin, killed tremendous amounts of the Chachamim that lived in his days. And he turned to be a Tzeduki, Rahman al-Islam. As we learn in Kedushin, when Yanai was about to pass away, or Yireya, his wife was afraid from the Purushim. What, what was she afraid of? That 
She was afraid that the Purushan will take revenge from her and her sons, and they will not, they will not allow her son to inherit the kingdom. And she was telling her husband, that he should make some sort of reconciliation with the Purushim. To which Yana responded, don't be afraid of the Purushim. Why should Tzadikim him? Being that the Purushim, the sincere ones, are Tzadikim, who wronged them? I. They will never take revenge on you and our son. Because you never wronged them, neither did my son. That's, a, that's, a, that's like a good parush. A parush who doesn't make a collective punishment. So back in the Gemara. So Yanai, the king, told his wife, don't be afraid of the Purushim. And likewise, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid by non-Purushim, because the people that were not observing then, they did not care that I killed the Purushim. Who are the ones that you have to be afraid of? Elamin Hatsavuin from the pretenders, from the colored ones, from the ones Sha'in Toichem Kabaram, Shadoimim Le Purushim. They behave like Purushim. However, Shemas but Shemasayim Kemaisa Zimri, they are behaving like Zimri. Zimri had a relation with a non-Jewish woman in public. Umevakshim schar, but they're looking to get reward like Pinchas. As Maizeda always used to say, that Habayil Aramis. God forbid, if a person is going to a place where you boil an Aramis, who will he meet there? All the Kanoim. People who behave as if they're Kanoim Ludvar Hashem. If they're sincere, God bless them. If they're not sincere, then there's disconnect between the outside and the inside. The more extreme they are on the outside, the worse they are on the inside. Continues the Mishnah. We learned in Davchov the concept of Schus Toilam up until three years. Says Rab Shimon, and we had this before in Davov, Rab Shimon disagrees with the Tanakama. And he says, that even if the woman has many schosim, it will not protect her from the bitter waters. And he gives two great reasons why schos cannot be toilam. Because if schos can protect her from the curse causing waters, number can, doesn't do anything. It doesn't protect her for one second. Why? Because number one, if that would be the case, that you will diminish the power of these waters in front of all the women that might have to drink it. In other words, if there's a woman that's guilty, and our goal is not for her to drink it and to die. Our goal is for her to admit that she's guilty, not to erase Hashem's name, not for her to die. And if she's going to witness a woman drinking, and she knows that that woman was guilty of committing adultery, and that woman lived, she will not know if her father did not listen to Ben Azai. She didn't learn that schostayla, so she's going to think the waters don't really work. So I might be guilty, chas v'shalom, but I'm going to drink the waters. That's number one. And number two... That if there was a woman who's innocent and she drank the waters and nothing happened to her, so normally what should have the reaction been? Nothing happened, she's taka innocent. And that's the showing. So people will trust her. But you know what these people will say? Ah, maybe she's guilty. They will still suspect her. You know why she didn't die? She didn't die because she had a schus. Now these are good questions. To which Rebbe says, 
Hazchus toyla b'mayim hamaradim. Hazchus does suspend the punishment. However, don't think that nothing happens to them right away. If they were to be innocent, not only does the waters not hurt them, the waters bring them blessings. So, for example, if they were unable to have children until then, they will have children, etc., etc. But if the woman is guilty, but she will not give birth to children. She will not um, thrive. She will not get better. She's going to progressively waste away. And and at the end, he makes the Misa shall die in the same terrible death as the Torah describes of the thighs collapsing and the stomach inflating, etc. In other words, I don't know that. Let's, no, it's always better to live. That you see from over here, it's always better to live. Fakert. But I want to say the following. You learned in Davov, just a quick chazar, that Rabbi Yosef, the Amir Rabbi Yosef understood that according to the Chachamim, According to the Tanakama, nothing begins happening to her right away. Which is why Rab Shimon disagreed with the Tanakama. To which Rebbe says, no, 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 Rab Shimon is right. But the way Rebbe counters both questions of Rab Shimon is by saying she starts wasting away immediately. And that resolves everything. So it's not like nothing happens until many years later. Something bad starts happening right away. So if the woman is innocent, nothing bad would happen to her. So when nothing bad happens, people are going to know that she's, she's okay, she is to hide her. However, Rabsheshis and Davov explained that the Chachamim, the Tanakama, holds like Rebbe. The question will only be, so what's the question of Rabshimin? And even the Tanakama, she's misnavna v'hoyleches. The only nafkemina between the Tanakama and Davchov and Rebbe over here is the Tanakama holds that she will die at the end, but not ba'oisa misa. And ayin davov. That's where the Gemara talks it out. And Rebbe holds that not only is she misnavna v'hoyleches, but she dies ba'oisa misa. Let's continue on the Mishnah. And this will start, we'll start this, and Mirza Shem to be continued the next year. Nitmeis minchasa actually kotcha bakli. Again, she brings, or the husband brings from the house, the, uh, the, the barley. And he brings it bikfifa mitzris. And from then on, as we use the words of the Rishonim, when those grains of barley were designated for her karben mincha, they acquire kedushas peh or kedushas mamain. They are property of. So there's a certain amount of kedusha. But if something happens, if it becomes impure, or if it cannot be brought, the din will be that it could be redeemed for money. And that kedusha goes into the money. And whoever buys these barley oats can eat them. However, what, so even though it became tamay, it doesn't matter. And then with the money you buy tahar barley. However, the image katsha bikli, but the moment it was put into the first klishares, not only the second kemitza, the second kli by the kemitza. The moment it was put into a utensil that belonged to the Beis Amigdash, then it acquires kedushas haguf, and harek ochalamenoches, it becomes like any other karben mincha, that if it becomes tamay after it acquired kedushas haguf, it can no longer be redeemed. It obviously cannot be brought on the Mizbech, it's Tomei. So Viti Sareif, it has to be burnt. And as we mentioned, there were three ash piles. One was in the Azara. One was on Harabayas. 
and one was Chutz L'Shalish Machnois, outside Yerushalayim, and Psuli Hamikdashin were burnt on one of the three. This one was burnt on the ash pile that was in the Azara. Now the Mishnah says, Let me start counting other Karbanais of Minachais that have to get burnt on this ash pile turning to Davchav Gimel. If a woman, after she becomes a Suffolk Saitam, if she says, I committed adultery, and as we learned the Taisus previously, even though normally from the Mishnah, like the Mishnah Achreina, that we no longer believe a woman when she says, But over here, since Raglayim Ladavar, since she's a Saita, if she says, I became Tamei, right? After her mincha was already sanctified, or the Shabola, Adem Shitamei, or Adem Kam, and really it's not only Adem in plural, it's even one Aid. Or the Ha'imedes, Amy Shais, a woman who says, I don't want to drink. I'm not Tame, but I don't want to drink. And what did we learn just recently? That if the Hashem's, if the Megillah with Hashem's name was already erased, and she says, I am not drinking Machmas Resisa, according to Rebbe Akiva, they will force her to drink. <clears throat> and, they'll, and they'll bring the Mincha. But here the Mishnah is speaking about a case, either the Megillah was not erased, or she's very calm, even after the Megillah is erased, and she says, I'm not guilty, but I'm not drinking, that's town to mount to her admitting her guilt. Or the husband at any given point doesn't want her to drink. Or if her husband had a relation with her, when do the waters work only if the husband is free of sin? And Rashi, we spoke to Rashi in the Rambam, for sure a sin would include if the husband had a relation with her at any time after she became a Saita. But just that's the way of speaking. In other words, if he had a relation with her and now he's admitting to it or she's admitting to it, or the two Chachamim that walked with them is testifying to it, it was Baderech, even since the Mincha was Kacha Bikli, she cannot drink the waters. You cannot do the procedure. These are the cases where her, min- her Mincha is going to be, Vitisadev is going to be burned in the ash pile. We'll stop here in the middle of the Mishnah. Emir Hashem to be continued.